All right. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. So you have your host here, Shelby Carolyn, and I'm so pleased to introduce this week's interview. So joining us today, all the way from California, is Sarah Judson. She is an accountant with an entrepreneurial focus MBNA who specializes in providing bookkeeping and business consulting to equestrian businesses. So that is definitely a win for us. She is the CEO of Equestrian Business Academy, which includes, but is definitely not limited to comprehensive QuickBooks and bookkeeping course, especially for equestrian entrepreneurs. Um, She also runs a horse boarding business of her own. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah. Um, So she brings a lot to the table when it comes to running a successful and professional equestrian business. So I cannot wait to hear more. I don't know about you, Carolyn, but first and foremost, right? This is such an exciting topic. I love it. (laughs) But first and foremost, yeah, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us here. And our first interview question is, so just tell us a little bit about your journey into equine financial advising and how you got started into it. Sure. Um, it was very circuitous. <laughs> I got a bachelor's degree in something that I never did anything with, like a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> and then I went immediately into working mm-hmm. for a horse barn, actually as a horse trainer, an assistant trainer. And I worked professionally in the industry for, I don't know, maybe about 10 years. <clears throat> And uh, it was a job I really loved. And I told people if I won the lottery, you know, I would keep doing this work. And that should be a clue that maybe there was an issue there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm Because you pretty much have to win the lottery in some circumstances. Um, And the roadblock that I ran into was that I was really interested in riding and showing and training my own horses. And I didn't make very much money. And I really didn't have a lot of time to do that. Um, So I thought, well, gee, wouldn't it be great if I could run my own business and have more flexibility and more income? How do I do that? And that was in 2009. Mm -hmm. And back then there weren't a lot of like digital course contents or there wasn't a lot of ways to learn except for going back to school. And so I decided to go back for a master's degree. I thought that was the best investment. And when I got Mm -hmm. there, I fell in line with the finance and accounting folks and was like, oh, these are my people. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had known this because I would have done this earlier. Mm -hmm. So I graduated, I have an MBA, which is um, a master's degree in business administration. So it's very entrepreneurial focused, which kind of leads into building a business. And I went to work in corporate land, which, you know, pretty much you have to do to get accounting um, experience before you go off on your own. And I worked in corporate land, always with the goal in my head of, I'm going to go out on my own, I'm going to go out on my own. Uh, And then in 2017, we moved back to California from the Pacific Northwest, and I took the leap. Um, And right from the get go, I, you know, wrote my website and said, hey, I work with horse businesses, I know the industry, I have experience, and it's just kind of grown from there. Yeah, that's such a unique Mm -hmm. and really cool business. uh, Because like so many people Mm -hmm. need financial advice, especially in the equine industry, because like you said, it is pretty tough. But (laughs) um, yeah. (laughs) Uh, so it's, it's really great that you ended up in this, in this role. 
so you must have come across a lot of people as you went through all these stages in school and in corporate and then running your own business. Who are your clients and what kind of businesses do they actually run? Um, that I think has been the most wonderful part about running my own practice is that I've seen just a wide breadth of different types of entrepreneurs. I've worked with really large organizations. I work with a couple of the horse show event management companies in California, really big riding academies and trainers, like people that are like hustling and have scaled. And then I also do a lot of work with one-on-one -on -one individual clients. So these are folks that you know, they're one trainer with eight horses and they're trying to eke out a living or they're brand new to the industry, or maybe they have a product that they're trying to sell through e-commerce. Uh, it's been really interesting. And I, to me, it's really opened up my eyes to like all the possibilities of horse adjacent type of work that you can do in the industry as well. Because mm -hmm. growing up, I was like, okay, Absolutely. am I either a trainer or I own a barn and that's it. And there's just so much more you can do with the business and the industry. And that's been really cool. Hi, this is Shelby. And Carolyn. We are two Canadian prairie ladies, raising babies, riding horses, and living the country life. We are on a journey to find health and wealth while building our ranches. And we want to share the journey with you. In this podcast, you can expect to hear us share our own experiences, as well as interview other inspiring humans. We'll cover topics such as human health, horse health, barrel racing, building a ranch, and so much more. We are ready to dig into the tough conversations like mental health, motherhood, farming challenges, finances, you name it. You will walk away from this podcast with tips, tricks, and strategies that will have you finding more joy and peace in your journey. We know there's a lot of juggling that goes into this lifestyle because we are living it. And as a nurse myself and Carolyn with a master's in animal science, we have a lot to bring to the conversation. So grab your coffee to go, throw on your messy bun and muck boots. Let's head to the barn and chat because we have business to take care of and we're sure you do too. Welcome to the Ride Like a Mother podcast. Yeah, things that are like aligned and keep you in the game and connected and in the network, but aren't necessarily riding the horse. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, even when I go to horse shows, I mean, that's a networking event. So I just sit there and talk to everybody and chat them up. And it's really, really interesting to talk to those people. <laughs> Their perspective in their life is different than mine. And uh, so, yeah, I've been lucky to work with a lot of different clients and bring that expertise to everybody so that they've got a broader view as well, I think. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. And I have about a thousand questions for you based on this topic. Um, but what are the most common questions you get asked as a financial advisor? I was thinking about this and it really is, uh, am I making money? I wouldn't have guessed that, but it makes total sense. <laughs> yeah, it really is because I think if you're running your own business, like really you cannot survive and exist if you're not making money. And my mm -hmm. most successful clients ask that question every day. And they log into their QuickBooks and look at their PL. They you know, talk to me. They're always thinking about like, where is my dollar going? Am I using it efficiently and wisely? Okay. Um, yeah. 
Go ahead. P and L. You for those yeah. of us that aren't like super business savvy. Oh sure, P and L profit and loss statement. So this is a report that you can run out of your accounting software, or if you're doing your books in Excel, you can create, and it shows your income minus your expenses equals what money you are making or losing in your business. So hopefully it's always positive, <laughs> and uh, hopefully it's growing. <laughs> Good oh, question. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so moving on to like a slightly different subject, but very adjacent. If you're a competitor and you go to a lot of competitions, what are your like top three tips for budgeting for that? Um, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even budget, which is shocking to me, <laughs> considering how expensive it is. Um, here's the way that mm -hmm. I do it. <clears throat> I start with an annual budget. So a ballpark number that I want to spend on my horse shows for the year. And it changes, changes on my own business, changes on what my priorities for the year are, how much travel we want to do. But I like to have like a figure in mind in my head that I'm going to try and shoot for. And then I think about what are my goals for the year? So last year I was chasing points, trying to make the zone 10 championships. This year I'm all about being more relaxed. And if I'm going to go show, it's because I want to go on vacation with my family. So those are two different goals, right? And they definitely determine which horse shows I attend. And then the way I make the horse show choices is I have an idea of what the total cost is for each horse show type that I attend. So for example, <clears throat> we have a horse show park that is 45 minutes from us. Those shows are so much cheaper than a horse show that I have to travel three or four hours to and pay travel costs. And so I know in my mind, you know, that that's going to cost, you know, X amount of money. The travel one's going to cost another chunk of money. And then if I'm not doing sort of top level A circuit shows, you know, I can do some cheaper schooling shows and that's going to cost another type of money. And then I think put that kind of in my mind and think, OK, if I'm going to try and shoot for points, maybe I want to spend all my money on those home shows and rack up the points, whereas if I've got a year where I'm traveling with the family, I might say, okay, I'm not going to show at home as much. I'm going to go to this really great show in Temecula, you know, and have an amazing vacation. And I'm going to plan for that. <clears throat> so you don't have to be like to the penny with your budgeting for competitions. I think it is really thinking about what, how much you want to spend for the year and what your goals are, and then trying to fit the pieces in, you know, and I know my trainer's not great with planning ahead. So it's helpful when I put a little thought into that. <laughs> so how do you actually store the money? Like, like it's, it's nice to know the number, but how do you keep it separate and like not just spend it all? <laughs> do you have some strategies for that? <laughs> so the two ways you can do it, you can have a savings account that you're contributing to on a regular basis and have that be like your bucket. A lot of people really like to segregate their cash that way. And that's an awesome way to do it, especially if you're using the money within a year, there's no point to invest it or anything like that. Um, and then I know some folks, they have a dedicated credit card for their horse show spending, and they can basically use that for the horse show, and then they pay it off, use it, pay it off, but they can run a report out of their credit card system, and they can see how much money they actually spent. 
Oh, that's so, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. Carolyn, your point that like segregating what you're spending on the horse shows is really helpful. So mm -hmm. if you can find some way to do that rather than running it through your main like personal checking account, that would really help for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it would help to be putting into the savings all year round because up here we have a very dedicated like summer season and a very dedicated like off season when it's really cold. Mm -hmm. So right. unless you're doing it professionally and you're traveling a lot, a lot, then there's a, like a whole time part of the year where you're not really thinking about the competitions and you could be right. Like, so it's a good idea to yeah. be like, have those automatic payments going into your savings yep. account all year round so that you're not like all of a sudden hit with like a huge bill at the end of September, say like right around this time when you're going yeah. to all those bigger competitions. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think seeing that number in your account really does force you to be strategic as well. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, I can't just go on a whim to, you know what I mean? X, Y, Z competition, because my trainer wants me to, I actually have a plan that I'm going to try and stick to. So yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it'll vary year to year. So our like barrel racing land, right. You might have for Turi horse this year, which takes you um, from Manitoba, Saskatchewan, all the way to Alberta every other week this time of year. So yeah, that's a great way of saving. I did not realize the credit card. That's the first I've heard of that, to be honest. Well, I love my credit card points. I like to take vacations <laughs> on those. Yeah, that's true. I mean, so as long as you pay off the credit card and you're not paying interest, it can be, you know, pretty cool that way. You just, you have to be disciplined about it. Uh, mm -hmm. So it depends on, you know, what, what's your money values, basically, you know, what are you, what are you, your strengths and weaknesses? Are you going to go and go on a shopping spree with your credit card? Right. Obviously you don't want to do that. <laughs> I have to fully admit, I just cut up my credit cards for exactly that reason. Like this year, I was like, no more, I have to get rid of them. Cause it's like, yeah. it's an endless pit. It's just like magic. <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. It's like, really oh, it cards are magical. <laughs> So I don't know if that yeah. would necessarily be the strategy but, I would use. I think the savings account is definitely more my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I have some girlfriends that are like really into the points collections and I know oh, they yeah. do the stuff. Yeah. I used They're to a lot it. of points. <laughs> mm -hmm. Not always a good thing though. The, point, the points are good. Sorry. <laughs> Keep going, Shelby. Points are good. That's <laughs> okay. So we're kind of flipping it. We're talking about money and saving enough money, but in order to afford it, half of us have like a nine to five job. Mm -hmm. um, I work shift work, so it kind of works good for my schedule sometimes. <laughs> but a lot of times you think about what would it be like to own your own equine business, stay at home, be present in your ranch mom life all the time. Um, so what advice would give you what advice would you give someone to get started in a path like that and get away from their nine to five job? That's a really good question. I think with COVID, the opportunity is so much better and you can do it with a lot less risk. <clears throat> so one gal I worked with this summer, she works in an equine adjacent corporate job. She works for a huge feed company and she also has a side training and sales business. 
So she's got her corporate job. It pays for her health insurance. It has a steady paycheck. Um, and she's got some flexible hours and she works remotely. So she's able to carve out time to do the sales and training business on the side. And her goal is to grow that to the point where she doesn't have to work in the corporate job. And to me, that just, it's a lot of work and she's in her twenties. So she's like ready to hustle and it's not a big deal. She doesn't have kids or a family, but it's a great way to sort of like minimize your risk. Um, and that's kind of what I recommend to people. If you are new to running your own business, definitely get some help. Talk to other people that are running the business that you're interested in doing. You know, don't like pull it out of the air, right? Somebody <laughs> else has done it successfully. You know, go ask them for mm -hmm. help. Like what's the saying? You know, ask for the the map or the route to get there. That that's been really helpful for me personally. Um, and then really try and weigh, like if you're investing your own cash into the business, be careful that you don't over invest your money and put yourself in a tight position with your savings. You know, I think being strategic and kind of implementing or incrementally getting into the horse business is really helpful. That's a lot different route than somebody who comes out of high school, does an apprenticeship with a trainer, is like a working student, you know, and then is in that job full time. Um, the downside of that is that it doesn't pay very well. <clears throat> it's not very flexible. Uh, you don't, like I found out, don't have a lot of money for showing. Um, I think it's much better to try and create something that works for your goals in your life that way. Great advice. Wow. I like it. <laughs> Absolutely. You are a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> you, you touched on it. Yeah. <laughs> You touched on it a little bit, but can you expand upon the concept of, do you think it's possible to have a career that actually supports your horse habit and brings you closer to your horses as opposed to taking you away from them? For for example, like I used to work at a job where I had a two hour commute every day and it was nine to five. It wasn't really horse related. And I felt like there was just no more space. I was making great money. I could afford to go and show my horse, but there was no more space in my day to actually ride my horse or, you know, do the things like that. So do you think it's possible to change that? Yeah, I think we've been circling around this. <clears throat> I think with, you know, work in the U.S. and in Canada, where we run off a capitalist system, we often trade time for a unit of money. And so like at the bottom of the scale, you're working in McDonald's, you have no time, no money. And at the top of the scale, you are the CEO of a company, you own your own company, you have tons of time and tons of money. And then there's this huge middle part piece where I think most of us can and should fall, where we have to make a decision about is our career going to give us, you know, enough money to fund what we want to do with our lives and enough flexibility. And again, with COVID, that is even more possible. So I've seen so many different iterations of this. I have one friend who works for a tech company. She gets paid very well. They are happy for her to work remotely at horse shows and travel. And it's just a great way for her to support her riding habit and still have a job that is stable and comfortable and horse adjacent. 
Um, you know, I think that it's absolutely possible and you, but you have to go into your career choices being strategic about where you want to make your trade-offs, right? Like I'm not going to run Google (laughs) in my lifetime. That's unrealistic. So I've made some trade-offs. Like sometimes I work more in my business than I like to, but that means that I can chase points for the end of the year through the horse shows. Um, and those are strategic decisions that I make. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I'm giving away too much time or if I'm not scaling my business appropriately, meaning that I'm not getting paid more for each unit of time as I grow it, then that's an adjustment that I need to try and make. And you can make that in your career as well, right? You can work your way up the corporate ladder, get paid more per, per hour, and that's scaling your time essentially. So yeah, it's possible. You just got to think about it. There are so many different options for how to do that too, right? Like yourself, you have uh, a digital course online, correct? Yep. I do have a digital course. I do all my accounting digitally online with computers. Like you do your work digitally. That makes a huge difference. Um, The course is something new I did this year, trying to help folks that were just starting out in the equestrian world and really needed some just basic information about running their finances well. Um, And there's a lot of that out there. I've seen people do that with their training businesses as well. So there's just huge opportunity for sure. So what's coming up on the horizon for you as far as your business goes? Any special offers or exciting adventures you want to share? (laughs) Great question, Shelby. (laughs) So I do have the digital course and in the winter, I'm starting a new cohort of group coaching. I think for new people to the horse business, you know, they're always watching their dollar. So this course is meant to be done on your own time. And then I offer group coaching where we can all get together and just in a very financially efficient way, work through the material. The course I have is really focused on bookkeeping setup and understanding, you know, how to run a profit and loss report like we talked about and think about the numbers, how to budget, do cash planning, that sort of thing. And those are all just like basic skills that you need if you're going to start your business. You know, everybody has to do it as soon as you get your first dollar in. Um, So, yeah, this winter I'm starting that course. Uh, If you're interested in checking out what is in that product, uh, the website is uh, the equestrianbusinessacademy.com backslash program. And I'm also all over social media. So Instagram, Facebook, Equestrian Business Academy, that's me. I try and post regularly. <laughs> and hopefully helpful tips. <laughs> I also have a lot of freebies on the link from my profile too. So if you've just got, I try to grab the like most common questions that I have and create sort of freebie products for people to grab. And that's always mm-hmm. good to look at. So. All the oh, that's excellent. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. You've got so many resources. I need to go check those out mm-hmm. because <laughs> QuickBooks is a mystery yeah. to me. Complete mystery. Mm-hmm. Well, I it doesn't have to be. <laughs> I can help you with that. And I've had good success. <laughs> good. Well, it was so lovely talking to you today, Sarah. And mm-hmm. um, this is such a an important topic and one that I am so glad that we're covering on the podcast. And I'm so glad that we connected with you because you are just, um, yeah, a wealth of knowledge on the subject and I love your perspective Mm -hmm. on it. So 
Thank you so much Thanks. for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a fun conversation. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah, and thank you to all our guests who are listening in. Uh, of course, this is the Ride Like a Mother podcast, and you can catch us everywhere podcasts are. Um, email us at ridelikeamother at gmail.com if you want to send us some ideas for new episodes or if you have a question or you want to get in touch with one of our guests. Um, but of course, you can find Sarah where she mentioned all over social media and on her website. So um, definitely check her out. And yeah, we will see you at the next jackpot.